Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan, and it is a delight to be with you today as we discover how to not only generate cash flow, but to do so with compassion. Bob Couture is managing partner of CP Property Group, a realty investment company with the offices in Springfield, Massachusetts, and Hermosa Beach, California. He is a Massachusetts real estate broker and certified property manager. Bob is the co-founder of the Western Mass Real Estate Investor Group. Additionally, he is the managing partner for Ironside Properties, a company that manages 300 apartment units in Massachusetts. So, Bob, share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Well, it's an honor to be here, uh, Alan, and uh, thank you for having me on. So, to, to answer your question on formative experience, if I were to give a real estate related one, was I, I purchased an 18 unit building for my personal portfolio. And uh, I knew it was going to be a challenging building, uh, but I didn't realize how challenging. And, and then come to find out there was no problems in, in collecting rent. Everyone was paying rent, but there was a lot of illegal activity that was happening there. It's after hour parties and we're going from Thursday to, to Monday morning. And it was terrorizing the good tenants. There was drug activity. So within six months, I evicted 14 of the 18. And it was at significant cost. And what I learned out of that was I'm responsible for that building. It really, everything stops with me. I was looking to the city, the police, ever, everyone for help and no one, no one was helping. So it really had to be taking that on myself. And it just showed I really, at, at the end of the day, I'm the most responsible one for properties that be it my own personal or syndicated properties or for the investors. So it taught me a great deal of self-reliance and some great lessons that came out of it. I can, I can say that now. I didn't feel that when I was going through it, but I can say that now. I'll bet that was very uncomfortable in a number of ways, not just the fact that you were losing income because of evictions. But I expect that drug dealers are probably not the most congenial people to be dealing with. So how did you deal with all of that? What I was trying to do is rent a police officer. So I contacted the city and I, I tried to, you know, like on a construction site, you can rent a police officer to, to be there for, for safety. And I was trying to do the same. What I was understanding from it is it was a volunteer basis. So they would put up, here's the job and and then officers would, would no officer wanted that. And so I also tried to offer a unit to the drug task force for, for that, that city. And they accepted it, but they never used it. They did help out a little bit by just you know, doing one drive by over there and blowing some people up. But to, how did we end up getting it? It was through the courts and it was a long process. They were all on, all the tenants when I bought the building were on month to month leases. So it was going after possession. If I tried to go for cause, it was going to be a very challenging battle. And so just went for possession. I'm the owner of the property. I, I just want the property back. And it took a while, but, but we got there. And yeah. glad, glad we did. <laughs> kind of funny story on it is that the mailman even tells me now, he goes, I'm, I'm not afraid to come to this building anymore. Oh, wow. So that's a, yeah. I, I look at that as success. 
Yeah, quite a success story, and I'm sure that was a harrowing, disconcerting year to go through. You probably didn't get a whole lot of sleep the whole entire year, would be <laughs> my guess. That was that was challenging one. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about how it is that you have good cash flow, and at the same time, you are able to help your tenants to live comfortably and happily in the properties that you manage and that you own. So COVID has been a challenge for a lot of people. So let's start off with how it is that you've dealt with COVID and how it is that you helped your tenants to deal with the difficulties surrounding COVID. Yeah, COVID for a majority of our tenant base out of the Springfield Mass area for our property, our workforce housing uh, and some subsidy housing. So when it's paycheck to paycheck and then you're dealt this blow with, you know, less uh, or fewer hours or or losing your job, it becomes it becomes really, really tough. Or if you're servicing machine serve. Um, so good thing is that there was there was funds that were available and it was it was just helping the tenants get get access to that, showing them how to apply for it, either bringing them into the office by appointment or or walking them through it on on the phone or helping them fill out the package, however it needed to be done if uh, we were to help them help themselves and, and in fact and then help us too and it was means of we needed the income to keep the property operating and we couldn't let them get too far behind or there's just never there's just no way to catch up and we want to ruin any credit with, with that and and there we certainly didn't have uh, evictions and eviction process nor did we want to go that we understood that everyone was sharing in, in the pain of, of covid uh, so it really came down to understanding what what they needed, helping them with the to get access to the funds until they can get um, their legs underneath them. And then for some, where we were realizing that very very traumatic and and depression uh, was setting in or creating some behavioral health issues uh, along the way. And there was a program that was available and it had been available pre COVID, but we started leveraging it more during COVID. And that, that program would bring a counselor in, they, they would evaluate the situation and then be able to give them other resources. You know, uh, example, one gentleman was just so distraught. He wasn't taking his garbage out. He was starting to hoard. He was just in a really, really tough place. And TPP came in, evaluated and saw that he was in a rough place, paid to get the, the house cleaned out, that, that garbage out, and then also get him some counseling uh, along the way. And then we're doing that in conjunction with getting him the funds to get caught up with, with rental. It wasn't just the rental part of it. It was his mental health part of it, too, to be able to uh, move, move on. But we feel like kind of look at it as, you know, we're in a cash flow business, but we can do it with compassion. Cash flow with compassion. And it, when it's like you know, the best deal is when, when it works for, for both parties. And, and we look at the same thing with, uh, with our tenants. So these intervention resources, particularly the mental health sources, is that a Massachusetts program or was that a community resource that you were able to tap into? That is, that's a state program with, with a local office. We have a local office. With a local office. What organization is that? That's TPP. I'd have to get you the full name for uh, your show notes if that's all right. I can't remember what it was. Sure. Yeah, that we'd appreciate that. And how widespread is this kind of assistance throughout the nation? Is it just really kind of unique to Massachusetts, or are there other states that can tap into these kind of resources? I'm not sure of, of other states. 
I mean, definitely the, the TPP, I think it is Massachusetts. And then the other programs for the rental assistance getting caught up, that was a federal program that was fed through the state. Right, yeah. So, depending on the resources, uh, I mean, it probably is going to vary from state to state, but I suppose if you are interested in helping your tenants, I expect that most states are going to have some kind of community resource. And if the state doesn't have it, perhaps there's something available at the community levels there. What other kinds of special assistance groups uh, have you worked with and are available, at least to people in Massachusetts? Another one that was also pre-COVID, but ended up being the the COVID arm for the the federal funds that flow through the state uh, was RAFT. And raft was something when, you know, pre-COVID days, if, if you knew that there was a tenant that was struggling, we would do something like a, we call a friendly eviction. We would process, we'd tell them, hey, we're going to process you to go to court, let the judge know that you're having these issues. We'll support you uh, in this, but we have, you have to be facing homelessness before that program. So mm. we're going to do this together. We're, you know, just know that. We're going to process this. We're going to meet you in court and we can tell the judge, we've got a plan here. We just need you to get the, this kind of assistance and, and we'll support you with it. So like I said, it was a, it's a friendly eviction process and, and doing that and understanding that, well, we call it friendly eviction, but the, the idea was to avoid eviction uh, mm-hmm. through it and just using the, the courts and, and the, the program. And after COVID, then that, that was the program that was providing assistance and they were and it was just keeping in touch with them throughout because that program kept morphing through, started off that the maximum you could get was $4,000. Then it became $10,000. And then this year, there was no limit to the arrearages that they would cover. And then on top of it, they would add another three months of stipend to, to give additional runway for, for the clients. And that was you know, the, the team on the ground was really good about keeping in touch with with the, the programs as it was uh, evolving and, and then supporting the tenants that way. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Talker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. So that wasn't just financial assistance, though. That was that included that counseling services and, uh, well, even beyond counseling, from what you're telling me, I mean, it was really assistance in living in terms of getting people in to help clean up, do something about the hoarding problem and the aftermath of that. And then the counseling kicked in to help the person from sliding back into those particular dysfunctional behavior issues there. If I could add one more thing, Alan, um, it, it comes to mind. There was, another, there was a woman, that she, was, she was falling way behind. She came to a point where she was just embarrassed to seek, seek any help. Mm-hmm. And she kind of holed up in her apartment. And then she would avoid us at, at all costs. And then, the, um, and then she, she abandoned me. So we, we had to go through a little bit of a skip tracing process and then track down her mom. And then she happened to be at her mom's place and, and her mom was like wanting to help her. Since mm-hmm. you can't avoid this, let's come and talk to him. So she sent her over with her cousin 
This is she, the woman just could not grasp what was going on. It was just such so powerful, and so, and that was one where if we get this paid off for you, you're not going to really be able to function there. And she understood that, and so we worked out the plan of getting the arrear, just taking out, helping her move her items out, and getting with her mom so she could be taken care of. And that was again communication and fantastic with doing that with compassion and getting her the help and not allowing this situation to go from bad to work. Really proud of them for, for what they did there. And I, I think that woman, she just, she just got moved out last week. No incident, no cost to us. We were caught up. She was moved and she's going to be in a, in a better place. Sounds like a very robust program. It would really be nice if we had more of those programs nationwide, but it also it isn't just the program, it's the willingness of the landlord to actually interact with those programs there. So kudos to you for actually going that extra mile to ensure that the well-being of not only your tenants that are going to continue living there, but tenants that are actually going to be going through that entire eviction uh, process, but to do it in a way that is beneficial to not only you, but to their well-being. Impressive there. Oh, we've got a great team on the ground. And we're really yeah. Fun. yeah, for sure. Well, what excites you most about your real estate business right at this moment? Uh, I think it flows through to helping my investors reach their, their goals, their financial goals, their investment goals. And that is really exciting. Uh, the And we have a number of different ways for them to do that. They can do that passively through syndication, do that a little bit more active with owning a, a building that we would manage. And it's, I really love the part of listening to what the investment goals are. I often get people just come to me and say, I know I need to invest in real estate and diversify my portfolio. I just don't know how or what the, the right thing is. And it's a fun conversation to understand what's going to, what's going to fit best. My, my best friend hasn't invested a dime in any of our syndications, but he owns several properties with us. And it's because his goals are, are, are different. He wants, he wants to be a little bit more active. He wants to have that decision of when he's going to sell the property because that property is the college fund for his kids. And he can't wait for you know, Bob uh, or Brandon to decide when the syndication is going to reposition or, or uh, if we're going to do a sale. Well, everybody needs mentors and examples to follow. So tell us, what did you learn from your favorite mentor? What is the one big lesson you learned from your mentor? My dad's been a huge mentor for me. And something that he's taught me, and it, it goes across everything, is be good to everyone. You never know when that person is going to be back in your life. And that has proven over and over. And it's, you know, sometimes uh, I think we can all lose our tempers at, at times, but uh, it's, it's remembering that when you think like, I oh, you know I'm in there, never see this person again. It's somehow, some way they come back into your life. And I think it's a much more comfortable existence knowing that I've been good to everyone and, and knowing that, or at least fair. And then the, uh, and just knowing that they may be back in my life. And I guess the, that second part, it shouldn't really matter if they're going to come back in my life, but that reminder is really good. <laughs> that brings to mind one of the things that one of my mentors told me, and that is, as you are climbing that ladder, always be sure that you're mindful of and that you're good to all of those people that you have left behind because you're going to see them again on your way down. <laughs> and, 
And I have certainly had to take that experience to mind because life is never one straight trajectory up. We're always in that mode of coming up and coming down. And when you're coming back down, there's a lot of crow to eat. And so you better have been good to those you left behind. Yeah, there's, good. If I can make a com- comment on that, and that's a great one, is uh, there's a book, I don't know if it's Mountains and Valleys or Hills and Valleys, and it, it talks about just the, we're going to go through that. We're going to hit our, our valleys, and we can come back faster because we know the way, but we're, we're, there's always going to be coming coming down and, and being prepared for that. And so to your point, we're going to well, let's say I had one other question here. Oh, and that is, which of your habits do you give most credit to for bringing you 80% of your results? What habit has created 80% of my results? Savers from uh, Al Elrod, uh, what was the book? Uh, Miracle Morning. And so Savers is an acronym for the, the different things that you, you do in your morning routine. And that has been exceptional for me. It has been a, a, a habit that's become addictive now. And my day is not the same if, if I don't do it. And uh, so I get some meditation and some affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling, uh, or the last S is scribing, so, so journal. And that has, if I've done nothing else in the day, at least I know I've, I've accomplished those most important things for myself. And I feel ready. So I'm, I'm educating myself. I'm taking care of myself mentally, physically. And that has uh, brought tremendous, I feel it's brought tremendous results. I've been much better, come in much more focused because of it. Sounds like some excellent advice there. So Bob, tell our viewers and listeners how it is they can get in touch with you and what is it that you have to offer? Yeah, well, we do a number of syndications a year, and then we also have the the brokerage in Massachusetts. I'm an agent in, in the Los Angeles area, so I'm, I'm on both coasts. You can reach me at my website, www.cp-propertygroup.com, or I still answer my phone, so 310-922-5436. All righty, and we'll have that information in our show notes. So all of you can get in touch with Bob to take advantage of the services that he offers and provides. And as he mentioned earlier in the show, Bob does do some mentoring and coaching. So reach out and connect with Bob. Well, Bob, before we go here, share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life. And how did you come through that time? And what did you learn from the experience? I was just talking about this the other day with someone, but it's fresh again. I went to Army Ranger School about two decades ago, and there's like a pre-ranger, crushed the pre-ranger. And I, I went into this thinking that I'd, I'd be just fine. So, you know, the two weeks would translate into an easy few days, and there's nothing easy about ranger school. But uh, I, I failed in the, like the first week. It was a, a heat casualty. And, and then so you're automatically kicked out of, out of the, the program. And, then, and so I had to do the drive from Fort Benning, Georgia to Los Angeles. So three days on the road, reflecting on everything that went wrong. And, and it was my first big failure. And I looked at that and, it, and I was carrying that for quite some time. But then when I, I, when I look back, it was a blessing in disguise. I came back and my then girlfriend and I had moved in together and then 
deployed, maybe about three months after that, I was deployed to Iraq. We got married before I left. And was, if, if it wasn't for that failure, I don't know if the timing would have worked out. I would have been gone for another 60 days and then potentially have deployed right out of there. Actually, I know I would have deployed right out of there because another guy from my unit had deployed right out of ranger school. And so when I reflect on that, it helps me look for the silver lining and just know that this is God's plan and you just got to figure out, I might not learn what it was today, but I'll find out years down the road and be open and look for that that silver lining and be grateful for it. So I had a college, not college, a, a grad school professor that had us write a paper on our, what he called our greatest failure. That, that was the one I wrote about, and, and it was uh, yeah, it's just one that stuck with me. Well, Bob, thank you so much for sharing your life experiences with us, and thanks for sharing how it is that we can generate cash flow and at the same time be compassionate. So thanks for being on the show, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, Alan. It was a real honor. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.